If you see a beater car riding around that has two brand new tires on it, you probably ought to celebrate. Because I heard a story this week of a principal who uh, noticed a need of a student and he was able to put two brand new tires on, on a beater car that was really important for this kid to get back and forth to school and get back and forth to work. And uh, he just thanked us for our generosity. So another year, another, another December where we just really had an amazing time putting together our resources. Today I get to announce the number. We, we got just shy, like, like $500 shy of $200,000 to be distributed to over 60 schools in all of our counties. And uh, it just does real work. So I hope, I hope you kind of feel real rich right now. If you put $100 in the, in the pot, there's one tire riding around this town that you had a part of. If, if you've been giving for a long time, man, I hope again, like sometimes we give on a regular clip and we can lose the joy of that generosity. It's a really fun thing we do here at Radius with Give Hope, and thank you for participating. And it's going to be exciting to see the fruit as the weeks go on. So why do we do it? Well, first of all, we just do it for the joy, right? Like giving for people who know Jesus is just a fun thing to do. We, we also do it because we want to build trust. We live in a day where there's a lot of skepticism and cynicism toward the church. And so for us just to be able to be generous and to funnel that through, through a partnership with the schools to folks that they're trying to care for, it's a great way for us to build trust. And then third, real simply, we want more opportunities to be generous, right? We want to be more opportunities to be generous financially, but we also want to be generous with the good news about Jesus. Oftentimes when you build trust, it opens the door for you to voice the good news in a way that we couldn't before. So thanks so much for participating with that. I really want you to join me right now whether you're online or, or whatever campus you're at, I, I want us to join our voices to the Lord and pray about that $200,000, that it would land at just the right time at just the right home. One of my favorite parts of the story is that it was two tires, not four tires. The principal thought two tires was the right amount. He was managing that money the best he possibly could so he could stretch it to minister to as many people as he could. So let's, let's pray for these folks, administrators and, and teachers and uh, counselors at the schools, they know exactly where to disperse that money. Father, we, uh, ah, it's shocking how much resources we have in this country. Thank you for trusting each of us with some resources, and thank you for giving us the privilege of sharing it with others. Jesus, thank you for teaching us at our core to be generous and uh, we, we really trust you with this gift that we've made to a, a variety of schools and giving them the opportunity to be a conduit and share it with others in need. We pray that each dollar would hit just the right spot, that it would be, man, sometimes just something that is soothing to a family in deep need. Lord, we would love if through our simple act of generosity, if you would produce fruit that would please you. We would love for folks to uh, trust the church. More importantly, Lord, trust your name. And uh, we, we, we really anticipate that you would take that gift and eventually lead some folks to a relationship with you for the first time. Thank you for calling us to it. Thank you for all the folks, Lord, that have participated. Um, we're honored to be able to serve as you asked us to, Jesus. We pray in your name. Amen.
We started a little series. We called it Real. Uh, this is the fourth and final Sunday, and we'll get back to going through the book of Mark next week. I really love the, the design and the font where, where they flash up real on, on your screen if you're at one of the campuses or, or maybe you've seen it at home on a card or something. It's just simple. It's just, it's just real simple font. It's, it's not complex. And when we say real at Radius, that's what we're talking about. Um, Man, I had the opportunity to kind of interview some folks, and, and when they thought of Radius, any of the six campuses, I wanted to hear what they had to say. And so I got to hear from some, some denominational leaders, and when they hear Radius, they think church planting, which is pretty exciting because that's in our mission statement, and that's something we're passionate about. Um, but when I asked other folks that are, that are closest to us, right, like the people in our community, the people that, that know us the best but may not attend Radius, um, the first thing that comes to their mind is generosity. They, they say that we're a generous church, and a lot of it is because of stuff like Give Hope and, and your personal generosity. But then when I've asked people who've been here and they actually interact with us and they've been in our buildings or they've had a meal with us, the one word that stands out among all, all the other words that were possible for them to give to me, it's the word real. And I can't tell you how much it makes me smile when somebody says the first thing they think of when they think about the people of Radius is that we are, that we're real. Let me put that in even more layman's terms, right? We don't fake it. That makes me so happy that folks would see us as real. So a few weeks ago, we asked each of you to think about telling your real story. I've seen some posted online. Uh, I've heard of stories being told among neighbors and coworkers, and, man, it's beautiful. Thank you. That's, that's who we are. We, we want to be real in our radius. And then the following Sunday, we talked about, hey, we've got this variety of stories. One of the, one of the beauties is maybe you want to roll my story up to a friend of yours because you think it would match. So we, we're a mosaic of real stories, and this variety of gifts energized by the Holy Spirit can be employed as an army or a team to accomplish the mission of God and to exalt Jesus. And so we, we have this opportunity to work off one another. And then last week we got a little more practical. And we talked about the spirit of truth, which indwells us, the Holy Spirit, and, and the way that the spirit of truth, particularly when we'll tell the truth, sets us free. Hopefully, hopefully uh, this week you actually took a step toward freedom by dealing with the truth about yourself. It's one of the ways to grow. It's one of the ways to mature in Christ. Hopefully, if something crossed your mind last week as we talked, you moved on it and you dealt in truth. This week, uh, we really wanted to just work and close out this series on what it means, what is the essence of being real. And I want to argue by using the Bible uh, for just a little bit, that the only things that are real and lasting are things that are produced by the Holy Spirit. So there's pretty interesting verses in 1 Corinthians 3, and we're not going to flip to them. It's actually a moment that it seems like the moment when we meet Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. So if you're, if you're saved, if you believed in Jesus, one day we're going to meet Jesus. And they, we, the Bible calls that the judgment seat of Christ. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.10 actually gives us that, that language. And at the judgment seat of Christ, it seems like uh, this, it's going to be an amazing moment where, where we get to meet Jesus in, in all of his glory. And there's going to be hugs and, and all that, I'm sure. But there's also like this evaluation. I almost wonder if it's because of his holiness 
and yet uh, his love as we meet him, uh, uh, he evaluates our lives, we evaluate our lives. I'm not sure exactly how it goes, but, but it says that there's going to be this test basically by fire about whether our lives produce wood, hay, and stubble, which are building materials, which you could actually build something with, or gold, silver, and precious stones. So there's this potential with lots of two-by-fours and, and, uh, and some vinyl siding that we could produce this amazing house and this amazing neighborhood, but when it's tested by fire, like, like if that house represented our life and the work of our life, when it's tested by fire, it would just, it would just, it would just disappear. So we, we looked like we were rich, right, because it was a lot of square feet and it was in the right neighborhood, but the materials, the materials that built it made us poor. And on this side, there, there may be just a really small stack of gold, silver, and precious stones, but when tested by fire, all it does is get hot, right? Depends on how hot the fire might melt, but then when it, it will harden when the fire leaves. It's this, this, this true wealth that we're real rich, if we've invested in this way. I wanted to take a few minutes and read a passage of the Bible that maybe if you're in church for a long time, you've heard many times. Uh, if you're new to church, I'm really excited to be able to read it to you because it, it's, it's a passage that explains and uh, identifies what the Bible calls the fruits of the Spirit. It's in a book called Galatians, a book that's been very pivotal for my life uh, because I really feel this pressure to perform. And so when I started reading Galatians, it started to bring that freedom that we talked about last week. It, it is a freedom, though, that came from grace. And I, I want to just read you these, these simple verses. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Catch it? It's a simple statement. And then he begins to name the fruit. Here they are. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. And then we have the list. And I would propose to you that only the things that are spiritual can make you real rich. And so we have to look at that fruit and ask some deep questions about about our lives, we, we can kind of look at it and see if that fruit is present in our lives. When I look at the list, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on the list, uh, it's not very hard to look at the word love and say that love is lasting, right? <laughs> like, like when you're close to uh, your deathbed, you're looking for your loved ones. You really want your loved ones to be around. Love seems to be lasting. When you think of joy, I read a, a quote this week. They say it's impossible to feed a happy man. That when you meet a joyous person, it's infectious. It, it seems to be powerful and, and penetrate things that are in, in almost a supernatural kind of way. It's a, it's, it's a very interesting list. I don't really have time to go through each of the words. One of, one of the interesting things my kids make fun of me, when I quote the verse, I always forget one of them. I think it's uh, probably a mental slip. It's the word gentleness because, because I don't want responsibility for that, right? Like, like when I look at the list, I'm kind of happy about most of them, but gentleness just feels a little funny coming off my tongue. And so when you read that list and you think about your life, and if those things are produced by the Holy Spirit, 
Are you real rich? Like, is there this stack of stuff that tested by fire last? I grew up uh, uh, working a lot for a uh, rich employer. He, had, he was a, a, a business owner, and uh, he was super good to me. He gave me work, gave me flexibility so I could play sports and do other things. And, and man, he, he was just a terrific business guy. Like, he built his business from when I started, he had like four trucks. And uh, by the time I quit, he probably had 10. Now there's, you know, there's a ton of trucks. And, and over the course of time, like, he, he accumulated a ton of wealth. He, uh, he's got some pretty nice toys uh, around the house. He used to mess with me because I like numbers. So he would, he would tell me what his taxes were on the vehicle that he bought so that, so that I'd do the math in my head to know how much he paid for it. When my daughter fi- was a homecoming queen, I went back to him, a, home- a homecoming and homecoming. Uh, I borrowed a car from him that was super nice, made me nervous to drive all over the place. He was just, he's a really good dude and, and he was rich, right? He earned it. He did it the hard way. But if you were to ask him who he thought was real rich, he would tell you his father-in-law. And I'm going to tell you why. His father-in-law had this fruit. (laughs) My boss was, I mean, good in many ways. But when he thought of real rich, his father-in-law had loved him unconditionally. I don't know the whole story, but he loved his father-in-law for that. And when you read this list, he would take his father-in-law and he put him right there in the middle and he would say he was way wealthier than me. We use the word real. Not only are you talking about being transparent with our lives, we're talking about investing in what's lasting. And the only things that last are the things produced by God. In this passage, specifically the Holy Spirit, which we would believe based on the Bible that indwells you if you've been saved by Jesus Christ. And when you follow, he says in this passage, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in your lives. Holy Spirit. It seems that the Holy Spirit then is the source of, of all that fruit. When we used to have company to the house, uh, some of y'all from the Northeast or the Midwest, uh, we'd have uh, uh, some friends from Pennsylvania come down to South Carolina, they'd eat, and we'd have a blast. They'd spend a night, get up in the morning. My mom always made grits and eggs. It was a huge feast, and, and uh, most of them had never seen grits before. So my dad, when we'd start laughing when he started, he'd go into this long spiel about how after we eat, we're going to have to go out to the grit tree and shake it and fill up the basket so we can have grits again the other day. And what was hilarious, no offense to the Yankees out in the crowd, right, but they had no idea. So they just assumed that grits came from trees, right? So it was like this funny thing as kids, we'd start laughing. But it makes sense at at the level where, hey, if, if it's a grit tree, it ought to produce grits, right? A peach tree produces peaches, an apple tree produces apples, and, and fruit comes from the right kind of, the right fruit comes from the right kind of tree. Um, when you think about spiritual fruit, the only tree that is its source is the Holy Spirit. John chapter 15, if you know it, Jesus uses a metaphor and explains himself, and he says he's the vine, 
and that we're the branches. Very similarly in this passage, the Holy Spirit is the tree trunk. He's the tree, and we're the branches, and through us, he produces fruit. It's true to who he is. Uh, A.W. Tozer actually says about the Holy Spirit in, in this particular passage that these are his attributes. So when we read them, we don't, we don't just read them and start measuring ourselves by them. That almost seems backwards, right? Like when you go through the list, what some of us do is then we make this list the law and we go, did I make it A, B, C, D, or E uh, in, in uh, love or joy or peace or patience? Instead, what Tozer says is, hey, no, the Holy Spirit is the tree, and these are his attributes. He's full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if he resides in you, then you ought to produce that kind of fruit. It ought to just come out of you. It ought, ought to, it, it's not like this new hard standard put on us that's a heavy new weight. Instead, it's the freedom that the Holy Spirit, if we yield to him, he yields this kind of fruit. Uh, the passage actually says, that he produces fruit. I love the NLT's word there. It helps me a little bit to understand. Here's, here's the reality of it. I'm preaching right now. You're listening. So there's, there's a couple questions. Is this a real sermon? Like, is the Holy Spirit guiding my words? Something I've had to wrestle with for the last 24 hours. I'm going to stand up and talk about this. Am I really going to speak for God? Is he going to speak through me? And whether I am or not, because I'm reading his word and it's landed on your ears, you have the same decision to make. Is this going to be a real Sunday, like where you interact with God and give him the opportunity to uh, speak into your life? It's interesting. Holy Spirit has, you know, never been defeated. It's not like he's scared of anything, and yet we still have this responsibility to respond to him. He says that he produces. It means he guides, directs, and leads. I think sometimes when we think of the Holy Spirit or God, we look at him as a sugar daddy who ought to give us what we need or want. Uh, instead, this passage seems to compare the Holy Spirit more like a personal trainer that is helping us do the hard things, oftentimes guiding us uphill so that we would develop, so that we could produce fruit that would bring the Father glory. That would put us in a position to be real rich. Some of you guys uh, sitting out there, you pay a personal trainer. You go to the gym and you write him or her a check and they work you out hard. And they ask you what you ate yesterday. And, and, and they take you through the grind. And if they're good personal trainers, you actually feel like they love you. They, they care for you. They're trying to help you get to your goal. Well, here's, here's what I would say to you. If you want, that's great, right? Like keeping your body in shape and eating well, all that's great. But if you, you want to invest in something that's going to last forever, for all of eternity, sell everything. Sell everything you got to get someone to show you how to produce real fruit. I was thinking about that in my 20s, and I knew this older man that seemed to uh, truly follow Jesus. When I looked at this list of fruit, you could see him in his life. You could see him in his family. Um, and so I went into his office. I'm sure it was embarrassing for him. I went to the ATM, and I got a bunch of cash. 
It was the only way I could think. I mean, I'm a little immature at the moment. I put the cash on his table and said, I want to learn everything you know. And uh, he pushed the cash back to me and chuckled a little bit, and I put it in my pocket. And he said, well, let's let's start meeting. Let's start meeting. And and so I paid for lunches, and and, uh, we sat together, and he taught me about what it meant to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Here's what I'm saying to you right now, if you're taking this in. This has always been true about Radius. The best things that happen at Radius are across the table. <laughs> they, they happen at Lizard Thicken and Waffle House and whatever table that you want to sit at in this, in this town. But if there's somebody that you see that's producing this kind of fruit, you've got to get in front of them. Like you, you do whatever, you sell everything to get in front of them because all of eternity... Like when you meet Jesus for the first time in eternal, in eternity, in all of His glory, man, man, our life is there going to be real fruit there? Find somebody to walk you that way. And we do groups, and we love our groups here at Radius, and we get together on Sundays, and we think this is really important. Think that you should never neglect it. But the very best stuff that happens at Radius is across the table, which means that you have to have the gumption. Right, You've got to be bold enough to see somebody that's producing this kind of fruit and give them permission. Like, Give them permission to speak into your life. So you chase it. Um, It'll bless you. Let me read you a couple more verses. 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. I, I just wanted you to read that verse so that you would again hear this word leading. But I also wanted us to make a quick note that being led by the Spirit also means that he's going to lead us against some of the desires that are deeply embedded in our flesh. He actually tells us that he's going to lead us to crucify those desires on the cross of Christ. He clarifies that up in, in verse 16. He uses the word guide in NLT. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. You feel like this permission that you're given to the Holy Spirit? Obviously, he, he's all powerful, but by design, he's giving us the opportunity to give him permission to guide. So let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what the sinful nature craves. Check this out. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Those two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. You feel that as a believer? Here's the good news. The Holy Spirit's inside of us, and he wants to accomplish good through us. Here's more good news. Everybody in the building, right? We got six buildings represented right here, and we got a bunch of homes where folks are taking this in online. Every single one of us has got a holy war going on in our soul. Sometimes I think we think it's just us. But there's this, this holy war, and it's raging, and you and I have to choose to follow the Holy Spirit into battle, or we go into battle alone, and, alone, and we generally get destroyed in the, in the motion. One, one of the words the, the Bible uses for the Holy Spirit often or, or several times, he says that we can grieve the Holy Spirit. 
that the Holy Spirit would get emotional about us because we won't follow him into battle. And he, he, he weeps at the fact that we went into battle on our own and then just got it handed to us when he wants to lead us into battle. He's leading us into a place that exalts Jesus and that accomplishes Jesus' mission but it also produces this fruit in our lives. And that fruit makes us, makes us the most joyous people on the planet. He wants that for us. And so he grieves when we go another direction. Man, just, just, just to look in the mirror for a minute, I read a little Francis Chan book called The Forgotten God. And uh, he thinks that some of us have stopped following the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've known him for a long time because our lives have become too safe. One of the sayings we say when people go out the door now is be safe. It's like the safety coordinator on your job makes a bunch of money because it's all like that's a huge thing in the business world right now. But uh, in the church and following Jesus, what happens sometimes when we're comfortable is that we just go cold. It's almost as if we're fighting for a way of life that's comfortable and secure when following Jesus never seemed to be that. And the next thing you know, we, we feel like we're safe, and yet this battle in our soul, we're being destroyed by, by our flesh as it, as it argues. It seems like the more comfortable we get, you know, when the, the idle hands just seem way more vulnerable to destruction. One of the things that the, the Bible refers, one of the ways the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit is it refers to him as the comforter. Why is he the comforter? Because the Christian life's not comfortable. I said it a minute ago, a lot of it's uphill. So he walks us through it like as a great personal trainer, and he's really leading us to this place of being real rich. But I, I think it'd be great if you just check yourself. Like if I become too safe. Then another question Francis Chan proposes is, uh, is your life too loud? Houses in America seem to have the TV on all the time. I go to a home, TV's on, it's loud. It seems like it's, I don't know if it actually is, seems like it's on all, the, on all the time. And for me personally, oh, if the TV's on, I'm always, even in a restaurant, I, I'm always looking, it's always got me distracted. Very difficult for me to meet with God and align my life with him and then potentially be guided by the Holy Spirit into my next action. When the kids were little, Cheryl, uh, had a system like many of our young moms are. By the way, young moms, man, I appreciate you. We babysat the grandbabies who are awesome, but that's a lot of work. Thank you for your work. And when she was a young mom, when Cheryl was a young mom, nap time was like gold. She paid money for it. And she realized over the course of time as, as this battle was raging, this holy war in her soul, she had no time to be with God, and her golden time was the time she needed to give to him. So she took nap time, and as soon as she'd get everybody settled, and we had a bunch of them, she'd pull out her Bible or a Bible study and begin to work through it because she wanted to follow the Spirit. Hey, I want you to hear this right now. There's some people in the room you're sitting with right now. Those two little conversations I just had seem like lightweight because they're battling addictions, and, and it is destroying them. And they've had some victories and they've had some defeats. And right now that, that, that war, that holy war in their soul is raging in a way that you, you've, never, you've never imagined. 
But one of the really cool parts about being a body, about being a mosaic, a team, is that you can go to war on their behalf. Right now, at the end of this message, let's do it. We'll pray that the Holy Spirit would dominate their insides and give them victory. Let me just give you a quick reminder right here at the end. Verse 18 reads like this. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. And you flip back early in the chapter, verse 1 says, So Christ has truly set you free. Now make sure that you stay free. Don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. So I've been trying to explain this little word, this little simple word we throw out there at Radius. And I'm hoping that we, the partners at Radius and those that join us on Sundays, that, that the Holy Spirit will make us real rich. But the danger for us all is that we would read a list like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control and make it the law. That we would begin to compete that you would look at the lady across the auditorium and compare yourself to her. And eventually, you know what happens? We begin to fake it. A bunch of you came to Radius from churches where you felt like they were faking it. I got some bad news for, for you. We battle with that here too, right? There's this ugliness inside of us that makes us want to compete. But the Bible says that God would make our burden light and that Jesus actually came to set us free and he ask us to battle to stay free. You know who's writing this? A righteous murderer. Paul was a religious guy. He literally murdered people because of his own self-righteousness. That's jacked up. We've got some young people in our rooms right now, like they're battling for sexual purity, and I love it. I appreciate it, and God's glorified by it. But there's this danger that they'll become arrogant virgins. Right, They're looking around, feeling like they're better than everybody else because of that. And eventually that idolatry will make them feel like they're close to God just because of that one thing instead of actually walking and following the Spirit. We've got some good-mannered racists. They know how to say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, but they feel better than other people because of the color of their skin. Jacked up, isn't it? we got some really sweet gossips. They're nice to everybody, give hugs, they're the best huggers of all. And yet when they get away, they, they talk about other people, might complain about this video right here, right? Like there's just, they just cannot control their tongue. It's jacked up. We're, we're a group of people that have this war raging inside of us. And it, if we go back to the law, according to that passage, don't go back to that slavery again. Live in the freedom that is, that is Christ, which would uh, by giving over to the Holy Spirit on our insides would produce this crazy, attractive fruit that would make you and me real rich. If you ever feel poor, poor financially or poor in spirit, come to Radius on a Sunday morning. You don't even have to listen to the preacher. Just stare up at the front at the bread and juice. Commune. The Lord's Supper. Just stare up there. Just stare at that. And try to picture in your mind a God that saved you by sacrificing his son on the cross so that he would call you his son, his daughter. He could make you a part of his family. You would be connected to the king of glory because of that sacrifice. Again, one of our favorite things at Radius is 
celebrating in, in some ways how real rich we are because of the sacrifice of Jesus. And so as you prepare your hearts, come up and take that bread and juice and uh, sing this next song to the glory of God. Father, I've been burdened all day about wanting my message to be real, to have spiritual power. So I trust you with it. I pray on behalf, man, I know a couple stories, Lord, of our folks with addictions that are, the war is just raging on their insides. Please rescue them, Lord. Listen to us as we all agree. Please rescue them as those addictions fight for their soul. Rescue them from it, Lord. We pray in Jesus' name for that, Lord. We pray in the power of your name that you would rescue them. God, you know a lot of us that have walked with you for a while. We, we have uh, either got comfortable or been distracted by all the noise or some of us have disciplined ourselves in some way to fake it. We can even serve and fake it. Free us from that garbage, Lord. Set us free as you say that the cross does and as the Spirit says that he does and, and again produce fruit in our lives that, that's long-lasting. Father, uh, so many are afraid to ask somebody to sit across the table from them. So even this morning, whether folks are at home or, or right here in one of our rooms, give them the courage to reach out to somebody that produces spiritual fruit and ask them for a meal, a phone call, some connection where they could learn how to walk with you. Please move on us, Lord. We want to be lights in this crazy time in our country but we, we are incapable without your spirit. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.